Hey, folks, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. That's right. That's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett, the world's greatest singer, the world's greatest entertainer, and now the world's greatest podcaster. Ha <laughs> ha. Just kidding. Hey, tune in, or you're listening to, or if you haven't subscribed, go right now and subscribe. SLTD Roundtable, the podcast. You got to tune in. These guys are great. They're greater than great, but they ain't as great as Double J. Ain't we great? Hi guys, welcome to another SLTV Wrestling Roundtable podcast. Uh, we are here as always with the core members of the team. Um, this week we're going to do a part two of our top ten matches. I was going to I was going to throw a promotion in there, but you, Adam scuppered that one, didn't he? <laughs> um, so I was going to say of WWE top ten WWE matches, but yeah, Adam ruined it. Well yeah. done, Adam. As always. Um, so, yeah, we're back. We're doing... We're, we're here. Um, I don't know if you just want to... Oh, we're obviously with Adam and Callum. Like, it seems a bit silly to not mention that because they were in part one. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to do our top five today. Um, mm-hmm. So, do you just want to rock him with your... What was your 10 to 6? Also, I should say... If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. It'll be uh, just a week before. Just a, yeah. Um, yeah. That's where we go through our um, our matches that we really liked, but we didn't really like as much as this one. You know what I mean? That's that's the best way to put it. I mean, these really good matches, but these ones are better. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Adam, what were your Six to six, ten to six. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me today? Um, so my number 10 was Volta versus Ilya Dragunov from Progress Chapter 92. Uh, my number nine was Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc. Eight was CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan from Over the Limit. Seven was Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka from ECW One Night Stand. And six was uh, Kota Ibushi versus Cedric Alexander in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, I don't know if I just said six twice. Either way, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, your point about adding different promotions in, I think technically my top five are kind of from five different promotions. So, yeah. Wait, you've got five matches from five different promotions. Kind of. Definitely four. You could argue between another two. WWE and NXT. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're getting at. Yeah. But then... So I've got, so I suppose then I've got two WWE matches and then I've got another three from three different promotions. So Weird now. yeah, uh, man's like man's like just WrestleMania. Man's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not actually. It's not. It's not. It was, but it's not. Uh, Callum, what was your ten to six? So my number ten was the North American Championship ladder match from NXT Takeover New Orleans in 2018 where Ricochet is the only man standing now in WWE. That was the last man standing match. He'd be winning, wouldn't he? He would be, yeah. (laughs) Number nine was the Survivor Series match between Team Cena and Team Authority from Survivor Series 2015. 
Number eight was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn from NXT TakeOver Dallas 2016. Number seven was the most recent match on this list from SummerSlam 2021, Seth Rollins versus Edge. And number six was the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match from 2015 between Bailey and Sasha Banks. Nice. 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 Um, it's good to have a, a women's match in there. Do you know what mm. I mean? You don't get a lot of them. I think it's it's kind of, as much as it's come along, it's mm. kind of forgotten about a little bit when you think of, like, favourite matches. I never think of women's I think, matches. I think the unfortunate thing with, with women's matches is that they, they sometimes just get put into their own bracket. They don't get put into the greatest matches ever bracket. They just get put into the greatest women's match ever yes. category. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't really consider a women's match when you're talking about like a, a Michaels versus Taker or a Punk versus Cena sort of match. They don't compare those two because it's the difference between the two genders. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah. It's a shame. We should do it. it um, I don't know if we could do 10, but we should do top five women's matches. Hmm. Yeah. Because I think... I think yeah. if we're doing 10, my number 10 would be um, for No Mercy 1999, obviously. <laughs> I mean. Do not take us back there. <laughs> if anybody's unsure of the of the joke I've just made, um, go back go into back. the archives and listen to um, our pay-per-view retrospective of um, No Mercy 1999 and listen to Callum lose his mind over the women's match. Loser's absolute mind. I'm not even going to tell you what the match was. He didn't know wrestling could be that bad. Yeah, because it's <laughs> hilarious. It, the best thing about that pay-per-view is Callum's reaction. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. These are um, these are lads tag team ladder match, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Right, my ten to six is The Rock vs Hogan at WrestleMania. Um, Razor Ramon versus HBK at WrestleMania, the ladder match. Um, John Cena versus CM Punk at Money in the Bank. Uh, the triangle TLC match at WrestleMania. And Shawn Michaels versus John Cena um, at Raw London, which they went for like an hour, an hour straight, um, which was the reason why Jericho wanted to come back to wrestling. A little fun fact for you there. So, yeah, there's our uh, 10 to 6s. Who, who wants to start with their number 5? Well, I'm going to make an editor's call. Ooh. I think you should start because I think me and Calm have got the same number 1. So it'll end up being that we end it with the same match. Right, okay. Well, my... Okay. My number 1 has already been mentioned, so... Well, right. There you go. Well... It hasn't been mentioned. Oh, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it. Damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I'll start then. My number five is um, Triple H versus Cactus Jack at Royal Rumble 2000. Uh, this street fight that they had. Um, this was probably the first like super brutal match that I really watched and was like, this is a bit of me. And it was kind of one of them situations where, like, they kind of built it where, like, Cactus Jack was this mystical figure of 
something that nobody has ever seen before. And Triple H didn't know what to do with himself. And Triple H absolutely held his own in that just insane match. It was like ridiculous. If anybody hasn't watched it, even now, with all the things that have happened since and all like the, the blood and the guts and all that crazy shit, um, this still holds up as like a really, really hardcore match. And I think to be honest with you, that whole uh, rivalry between the two, because it ended in no, uh, uh, well, sort of ended in no way out in the hell in the cell with Cactus Jack going through the, the top of the cage, through the ring. Um, the whole thing was great, I think. Uh, but this match just stands out as one of their matches that I've probably seen a lot more than any other match, I would say. Um, probably because I owned the... I think I owned the VHS of this. Um, I think I bought it from Woolworths. That's a, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> Aged. Yeah. Did you get like um, half price with pick and mix? Possibly, oh. yeah. You know, actually, no, I don't think so, because it was an 18. And I remember my mum didn't want to buy it for me because it had a... I think it had Terry Runnels from the Miss Royal Rumble thing when it was like bikini contest on the front of it. <laughs> and my mum was just like, what is no. this that I am buying? And I was like, something to do with that. Something to do with this. And then started to explain. <laughs> two of them two guys in the background. Yeah. I started to explain a street fight like that was going to help me out at all. Like, yeah, yeah, these two guys, like, they're just, and they like, they do moves on thumbtacks and set each other There's on a fire. Pedigree on drawing pins, Mom. Come on. <laughs> yeah. They come on halfway through the match. One of the guys has a, half a pallet stuck in his leg. It's boxed. It's not to do with boobs. <laughs> um, I wish so, it was now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even that, like, I know obviously we're not talking about, um, that match, but as you were saying about women's matches, that was their that was their gambit of right. How are we going to get divas, as it were, on the uh, on the card? Oh, we'll have a Miss Royal Rumble bikini contest. Is right. Let's do that with Moolah. Yeah, with Moolah. Oh, yeah. no. oh no, it was May Young, <laughs> wasn't it? It was May Young. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. May Young, yeah. Who who um, took pipe up. cleaners? Yeah, May Young decided <laughs> to take a. Um, bikini off, Callum. That's what happened. The greatest callback in that whole show, and it's not in your match tie, so apologies, is Mae Young takes a gown off, doesn't she? Right? Yeah. And it's like her breasts are revealed to the, to the live audience and for a split second on the video or whatever it is. Um, and then later on in the night, when Droz enters the rumble, he comes out wearing like a bra with pipe cleaners on it, which just go like yeah. straight forward for ages. And Jerry Law was like, oh, it's my young familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a good, it's, yeah, it's not good. Don't, yeah. The matches though, so go and watch the match. Yeah, and the matches, boss, yeah. Go on a network and just find a match, don't find a pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> Actually, the Royal Rumble isn't that bad, to be fair. And it's got a um, it's got a, a tables match or something with it's the Hardys and Dudleys, yeah, yeah. Hardys First Dudleys, match I remember yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah, because that's when the Jeff Swanson off the cab. Yeah, there's a yellow cab above the thing because it's in the garden, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually an all right pay per view. And up until May Young decides to get a wap out, then uh, <laughs> south. I mean, God rest his soul. Yeah. 
<laughs> if, it, if it consolates for any anything at all, the prosthetic, but not is, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's a gimmick. Like the boobs she gets out are not is that a gimmick. Um but I don't know if that helps you out at all. But yeah, there you go. Let's hope it pops okay. up on our retrospective. That'll be fun to make out. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> there you go, yeah. There you go. Um Suja, so you, so you're doing um you're being yeah, this is eight, and you're making yeah. who's next. I'll go next because usually what happens is, um, oh, actually, no, that's what I meant. I want Callum to go next because I usually steal things that Callum's going to say. Oh, right. So okay. if Callum goes first, he can get in first, and then I just go, yeah, I've got that so much too. This could be the greatest shock of all time where my number one match is something like Moodle versus Ivory because I'm actually teasing him all along. The biggest swerve. Um, my number five match, though, is the, between the Revival and DIY at NXT TakeOver Toronto in 2016. And it was the two out of three falls match. Um, around, around this time, NXT, in particular within like the tag team scene, was probably the best tag team wrestling I've seen in my life and it probably and it still holds up now so you had obviously at the start of 2016 you had the feud between American Alpha and the Revival which culminated around June 2016 time and this was kind of when DIY broke through the ranks so obviously they had their performances I mean their individual match at the Cruiserweight Classic and then the match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn against the Revival where they just came up short and Basically, just the momentum grew for DIY from then. I think I think what happened, because it was Authors of Pain versus uh, TM61, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic final, I think it was something where like, the revival cost DIY during the Tag Team Classic, and then that led to DIY versus revival at this takeover. And it was just sensational, you know. I, I mean, before that, I said that the Alpha versus Revival match from Dallas was the best tag match I'd seen. And then, like, six, seven months later, the, these two teams just put on an absolute clinic. Just one of the best matches I've seen, you know, not just tag, just ever. Hmm. I um, would go... I, uh, sorry, I, I was going to no, say... No, I would probably say this is... Yeah, actually, I could say, yeah, I think this is both of their best matches. As yeah. a as a tag team, I don't think, um, I don't even think the revival as being an AEW and stuff like that have hit this that quite the peak that they did in this match. Like they've mm-hmm. been great, and their matches against the um, or Santana and Ortiz and stuff like that have been amazing, and the books have been amazing. But there's just something different about this match. Like it's just. I don't know what it is, whether it's like the chemistry between them or the fact that the ju- it's just like lightning in a bottle that mm. that night. I don't know, but um, yeah, I would go so far as to say this is both of their like as a, as a DIY as a tag team. I mean, mm. this is their best match. Yeah, and same with Revival. I would say. I feel I feel it hit its peak at this pay per view as well. So obviously DIY would win, and a few months later they drop it to to AOP. And then every tag match on a takeover after that, so whether it be AOP versus Sanity or whatever Undisputed Era were doing, you're always matching it with the work that DIY and Revival did. Mm-hmm. And whilst like Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain had great matches, it, it was just nothing on the same level as DIY and Revival. And I'm not really sure whether 
and like the tag scene within NXT has really been the same since like the end of 2016 when you had these teams all all under the same banner. Mm. No, it's, I mean it's a great match, and I'm going to come back to it. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. say anything, but it's somewhere. <laughs> um, my number five is also a tag match, um, and it's involving a couple of people that we have just mentioned. Um, my first progress show was in 2018, Chapter 80, and it was main evented by the team of CCK, John- Jonathan Gresham and Chris Brooks versus the then team of LAX, Santana and Ortiz. And it is one of the best tag team matches, clearly the second best tag team match that I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Um, and it was just one of those where like, I was going into the show and obviously I'd kind of started watching Progress around the time. I mentioned this a little bit on our Celebrating Progress episode that we did with Matt. Um, and if you can go back and listen to that, where... Um, I think it was Matt that actually tweeted me. I was getting into Progress. I was watching the stuff on demand. And I said, I'd love to go to one of the shows. Progress tweeted me back and said, keep an eye on this link for when we have on sale dates and all that kind of stuff. And Matt tweeted me because me and Matt have known each other for a long time now um, and said, make sure you're in early because they go like wildfire kind of thing. Um, and we managed it. And we had, you know, there were a lot of good matches on that card. We got Tyler Bate versus Ilya Dragunov. We had a really good sprint between Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. There are a lot of different things going on, but everyone felt like it was building towards this main event of CCK and LAX because in the summer, they'd had a similar match or probably exactly the same match at LA Boom in New York during the Progress Tour over there. And they came over and did the the second part. And it was like like a tag team sprint, but it was still like a 25-minute match. Like they just went at each other nonstop the action didn't stop at all. They managed to sort of develop this trend of, say, Brooks and Santana were in the ring going at each other. They'd then swap out for Gresham. They'd then swap out for Ortiz. Then all four would get involved. And they, it, there was never a sort of dull spot in the match. There was never this kind of, like, rest hold thing. And, I mean, some people might look at it and go, oh, all they're doing is just hitting big moves on each other and hitting destroyers here, there and everywhere. But for me, I was like, I'd never seen that kind of match before because this was kind of like around the time, and I'm only talking, you know, three years ago now, my awakening into like independent wrestling and seeing that kind of side of it. I'd always been more accustomed to the WWE style, kind of the TNA style and stuff like that. So it was just seeing the fact that a match could be put together like this. It doesn't have to be A to B rest hold, another A to B rest hold, and then we'll go to the end. It's like they can go for 25 minutes non-stop all the way through it and this was again around about the time where I'd, I'd not necessarily watched TNA for a while not watched Impact for a while I was aware that there, there was this new incarnation of LAX around I didn't really know anything about these guys first time seeing Santana and Ortiz and that was immediately the point where I was like I need to keep an eye on these two um, and I saw them again um, not too soon after around about Easter time going into the uh, DT, uh, DTTAI, which is a tag team invitational run by Fight Club Pro. So I saw him again then. Um, and then a little bit of the kind of last thing for me, and like the reason why it's a little bit of a sweet spot for this match is there was a point. I don't know. I think I was sat at the end of an aisle. Um, there was a point during the match where Santana kind of did this whole spot where he was taken aback by how good Brooks and Gresham were. And he rolled out of the ring, stumbled down the aisle, and then sat on my knee for a good like minute 
two minutes just having a rest um, and you can you fully see it on camera and everything. Um, and I've got the GIF on my phone and I showed it to Santana and Ortiz when I met them again at the DTTI. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was my kind of introduction to them and just a great kind of main event for my first progress show. So that is my number five. It's a good match. That's, oh, I never knew that they sat on your knee. Like, oh, I Oh, that aye. he was like part of the show and that. <laughs> you can you see me the camera sort of turns and he sort of sat on my knee and I'm just like tapping him on the shoulder going it's all right it's all right <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um, yeah I'll have to I'll have to to be fair it's something every time you talk about progress every single time I'm like I need to go and watch some progress like oh need- like when they get a good match they get yeah. a great match is the way yeah. that it is like even something as daft as Trent Seven versus Santos Federales Jr. Um, at the beginning of unboxing, where if you can make a crowd react to a handgun gesture as if it's a normal gun, and the fact that like they throw it to each other and then they catch it and then they sweep around <laughs> the crowd and everyone ducks at the same time, like come on, you yeah, know, you, you're doing something right, aren't you? Yeah, every single time, yeah, you you have this like way of talking about it that's like <laughs> I think I'm missing something here. I really do, but yeah, there you go. Um, do, you paid, do you get paid royalties anytime that that clip gets no, shown? No, no, no. Damn it! It's. I mean, I was hoping that they'd end up squeezing it on the network somewhere, so then I could say that was on the WWE network. <laughs> yeah. But it's not there yet. So maybe one day, one day, one day. <laughs> um, my number four um, is my only non WWE match. Which is interesting, um, and it's um, AJ Styles versus Kevin Nakamura at uh, Wrestle Kingdom Ten. Um, this was possibly the first. Yeah, I think Wrestle Kingdom Ten was the first time I'd really watched um, New Japan, but I kn- I knew about it and I'd like kind of attempted to dip in and out, and it never really worked because. It was always I had never understand why there wasn't a weekly show. Like my head was just like, what are you how do we how do we keep up with this? Like it doesn't make no sense to me. Um so yeah, I think and then it, a lot of people were talking about it and a lot of people were um saying how amazing it was. And um yeah, I I kind of like I was a bit I think I didn't watch it on on like on the fourth when it was on, on the fourth of January. Um I think it was about two or three days later, and um, the books tweeted saying um, so, something like um, like about it being the WrestleMania of like Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, I think it was something like WrestleMania is the the Wrestle Kingdom of WrestleMania. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like this Wrestle Kingdom is so much better than any WrestleMania. So I was like, okay, I need to watch it. So I watched the whole show and I'd never seen anything like it. As you were saying, when you're watching something different as of the week, you're just so kind of ingrained in that sort of way of doing things. And even watching Impact and stuff like that and even some UK stuff, I think it's the same way. It's like the old sign kind of fit into the same mould um, and this Wrestle Kingdom show did not at all. It was like every match was amazing. And then this match happened and I was just like, like, I didn't even know what to do with myself. 
because I remember Rachel, my missus, coming in because she was out and um, I just finished watching and she was like, you're all right, like, what have you been doing? And told her, and it was just like, I've like, I've been a wrestling fan for a long time and I, that, that was new. Like, that, I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was just kind of like, that was, what the hell? Like, Jesus. Like, it was just, there was just something about it. Um, if you haven't watched it and you do watch WWE and you've seen the rivalry that they had with AJ and Nakamura, go back and watch that match. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And as an added side note as to why I like this match so much, which I probably shouldn't say this because it makes me sound like a really bad dad, but my three-year-old, right at the start of the the, the, um, the match, um, AJ is part of the Bullet Club at the time. So he does the whole, like, he's got a gun and he points it at um, Nakamura and pretends to shoot and Nakamura grabs the, the no, there's no bullet, it's just his fingers, grabs the bullet, puts it in his mouth, chews it, spits it out. And that's the start of the match. And me and my three-year-old do it all the time. Like, every single time she's playing with me, she's like, daddy, and then does the gun, and I'm like, she's like, Phew! like that, and then we, we like, swap. Um, and Rach absolutely hates it, because she's, like, playing with guns. I'm like, I'm not. She <laughs> has to shoot guns. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing. Um, but, yeah, the baby loves it, like, grabbing the fake bullet and putting it in her mouth and chewing it and spitting it out. Um, so, yeah, it's like, that match is just... It's so good. Me talking about what actually happens in the match isn't going to do it justice. It's one of them situations where you've got to go out your way to, to watch it. Um, so if you can, I would highly recommend it if you want. want if you can't like losing faith in WWE at the minute, uh, which I know a lot of people are, um, go back and watch some good wrestling. Yeah. There you go. Nice. I remember when it was coming to Styles Nakamura at WrestleMania and people were like, this is going to be amazing and I think everyone generally was a little bit disappointed by it. So I'm interested to go back and see this Wrestle Kingdom match. It is good. It's probably, I would say it's it's AJ's best New Japan match, I would say. Yeah, Um, right. Yeah, possibly. I think it's up there. I can't think of another one that's like, maybe it was because it was so different. So I was like, it was the first one. So I was like, bleeding hell. You know what mm. I mean? But they like absolutely like killed each other. But then the issue, it depends because like these Kenny Omega matches from around that time or a little bit after, which you go for like, like 18, 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and I've watched them matches and to keep, keep you like entertained for that long is a feat in itself, let alone actually doing it. Like, yeah, because like, I, I, I hear of like one hour matches and I always kind of go, am I ever going to watch that? Yeah. Like when Cena Orton did like that Iron Man at Bragging Rights. So I was like, am I ever going to watch that? And I, I've watched yeah. it once, yeah. you know, but then when you go like Omega Okada had like three one hour draws or whatever it is, I'm like, am I, am I ever going to go and watch? Like, he is, there is a match. Um, I can't remember when it's from, but it's, um, I think it's Omega and I don't know if it's Okada or Ibushi. Mm. And they go for like, I think they go for like 87 minutes or something like that. And mm. the isn't long in the match where you're like, 
Mm. You're a bit bored and you look on at your phone. It's like the whole match you're, you're like you're into. Because I don't right. really like super long matches. I think you know what I mean. They've got to be done right. Like I don't think the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels Iron Man matches all that good, really. No, I don't. I'm, I'm everyone saying. like yeah, everyone bangs on about it being fantastic, and it is good, but it's neither of the best matches by a country mile. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, it's one of them. A long match is good because you think, oh, like they're getting time to do the thing, and they're like, oh my god, this is like turning into something and it's being good. But then, if you start to lose interest, I think that's why Iron Man match kind of works because you can potentially get a lot of falls in it. Mm-hmm. So it like breaks up the the idea of the match, but yeah. Um, back then, like like around Wrestle Kingdom ten, probably Wrestle Kingdom ten to like twelve. Yeah, probably ten to twelve. New Japan yeah. was like at its best. I would say it was like amazing. Um, but I'm still a fan, still watch it, still do everything. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's my number four. Nice. Okay, so my number four is a match that we've already featured on a rep- uh, on a retrospective. It's not that one, <laughs> um, and it's from Money in the Bank 2011, and that's CM Punk versus John Cena. Um, I don't really think there's a lot that I can say about this match. Obviously, Ty brought it up in part one. Um, Adam may be bringing it up later on. So you know, go back and listen to our retrospective. You know, we speak about that match for the best part of half an hour. And anything I say now isn't going to be a lot different to what I said a couple of months ago. It's one of one of my favourite matches, one of the matches that I can go back to and watch and kind of watch and know what's happening a minute or two but in 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 advance. You know, it's it's a match where I almost remember what spots are coming. And it's just a match that is just wrestling perfection from the storyline of Punk leaving, um, anything that Vince was saying to Cena. And then the match in general, it's it's probably, I mean, even though I have got a couple of WWE matches uh, from three to one, it's it's going to be a match in 10 years' time that I'm still going to remember. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think we all kind of agreed about that match is even 10 years on, <clears throat> it um, still feels like a big deal. Like, even when we were watching it 10 years on, because obviously, as you say, we did the retrospective for it. Um, we all kind of agreed that even before the match started with Punk sitting in the ring, it, you still felt that emotion of, okay, something big's going to happen, something mm-hmm. interesting, something that's going to change the the landscape, if you like. Um, and it, 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 I don't think it necessarily did, but I think it changed the idea of like the pipe bomb and the idea of leaving with the belt and all stuff like that, like, that's kind of carried on, even to the point where John Cena referenced it in his setting up his match for SummerSlam this year with uh, Roman Reigns. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, whatever. If you want to hear people gush over a match, then go back and listen to that. Should get Adam to just splice in what Callum said. About yeah. um, <laughs> just about this match, just splice it into this this show. Um, but yeah, I think it's if you haven't watched it, you're missing out. It's a kind of like a moment in time that is still a moment in time, still a big thing. Like mm. still, 
it still is even all these years later and you can pay credit to us free for bringing CM Punk back to the wrestling business he obviously listened to that podcast and us gushing about him and wishing him to return read my articles from a few years ago about him returning at the Royal Rumble and thought right come on I'll get back to work yeah we started the conversation obviously 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 I started the conversation in 2014 yeah. I mean, he was he was just like, God, God, this guy's persistent, isn't he? And yeah, then, yeah. like, this year yeah. was like, he's done it again, but then he's got these two involved. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've got to do it now, haven't I? Yeah. He's like, I haven't got time to read these 27 articles, so I'll just go back to wrestling. Now. All right, sounds like <laughs> that's all he's done. Clearly, um, it's what the fan wants. Put out, he's put me out of business. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're going to have to have a new stick now. And he's still, it was Becky Lynch for a couple of months, and then she came back. <laughs> like it's Edge, it's it's Becky Lynch, it's Punk. They're all back now. What are you going to do? No one left. <laughs> there isn't anyone left. I that. feel like everyone's either back or yeah, you know, you have to pick someone who can like never come back. Be like, I don't know, like oh, Andre the, the Giant should come back. <laughs> yeah, Andre the Giant he needs to come <laughs> back. You know what I mean? That's good work. It's like yeah, he's he's not coming back. Me, it's not. Um, yeah, I think as I say, that match is yeah, it's it's well deserving to be on all of our top tens, I would say. So yeah. Um, um Yeah, well deserved. It's not in mine though. Um, you, you? Well, I suppose I am, yeah, because I've yeah. still got another three promotions to talk about. <laughs> Couldn't even name three promotions, are you messing? Go on. Um <coughs> well, so my number four, um, is from my first independent show. Um, it's a match that is available to watch on YouTube, so you have no excuse if you've not seen it before. Can I guess what from... it is? Go on. Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah. Versus Will Osprey. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> from the WCPW World Cup, uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Will Osprey. Now, I won tickets for the show. So I was never actually intending to go. It wasn't something that like I'd bought tickets for and I was like, oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I won two tickets and it was around about the time that my little brother Liam, who is now, Jesus, how old is he, 12? Something like that, um, was getting into wrestling. And because I won the tickets and I was like, oh yeah, Liam can come with me. It's all right, you know. Da, da. The night before they did a show, I think in Newcastle, Um, And it was all part of this Pro Wrestling World Cup, which if you've not even looked into the WCPW World Cup, go back and look into that because the absolute undertaking that they must have gone through to have like qualifiers in every country. So you're talking like a UK-based promotion, independent promotion, doing qualifiers in Canada and Germany. I don't think they actually got to Japan to do the Japanese ones, but they basically had this field of all these different wrestlers. The night before, Will Ospreay faced Rey Mysterio and the assumption was that it was probably going to be Rey Mysterio that carries forward, but clearly they didn't have Rey for that many dates. So if I'm honest, as a total independent wrestling layman, I just assumed... Noob. All this, yeah, a total noob. I just assumed all this show in Manchester that's at this Bowers Exhibition Warehouse that my mate works in to do raves and medical cover for, right? Rey Mysterio is going to wrestle there, so I may as well take the tickets for it. So then we go in and I'm like, Oh, yeah, Rey Mysterio's not here, is he? The first person we meet on the way in is, is Will Ospreay. So, like, literally, as soon as we kind of, like, walk into the bit, Will Ospreay's just stood there. And because my brother had seen him the night before, 
it was like, oh, can I have a picture with him and all that kind of stuff. Now, this still bothers me. This is one of these things where, you know, when you have a regret in life or you think, oh, why did I do that in that situation? And on those nights where you can't get to sleep and it pops into your head and you go, yeah, Adam, here's a bit of regret for you. So I went over to Will Osprey and I said, oh, do you mind taking a picture with my little brother? He said, no, no, of course not. And, and you know, took a picture with him. And we met him a couple of times after that. Um, and then my own little brother says, oh, can we get a T-shirt? So I said, right, what's the smallest size you do? But I didn't just ask Will Osprey what was the smallest size he does. I turned to the girl who was stood next to him as if she was like his kind of retail assistant and said, what kind of size, what's the smallest size T-shirt? It was only B Priestley, weren't it? Like I turned to B Priestley and went, oh, do you do these T-shirts in the small? As if like she just works with him. Like, Let me I, check I, them oh, <laughs> I was just absolutely. It's just one of those things. Every time I see B Priestley, I'm like, I asked her for a T-shirt, like she works in Primark. Like, <laughs> it just wasn't a good thing at all. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we sat down, we watched the show, and then what they did is they taped Loaded, which was the kind of YouTube show before they did the World Cup matches. So that was a really good show. Seeing people there for the first time, um, like seeing War Machine for the first time, I was like, I have no idea who these guys are, but they're insane, and I love it. Um, people like Lucky Kid and Tak and Aslan. I mean, that's another good match, another good tag team match to go back to and watch. Um, and then we get into the World Cup. The first match of the World Cup was Ricochet versus Penta, and I knew who Ricochet was. I didn't know who Penta was, and that apps. That absolutely blew my mind. Um, and then we met Ricochet afterwards and all that kind of stuff. And then my little brother saying to me, he said, all right, so we'll, who's Will Osprey's face? And I was like, oh, this guy called Mike Bailey. I don't even know who this guy called Mike Bailey is. I thought it was like the most generic name that you could like give yourself and put on this thing. And he comes out and he's wearing like a karate gi and he's doing this all kind of like karate kid gimmick and he's just bowing to everybody and all this kind of, he's got no shoes on. And I'm thinking... All right, okay. I don't think this this match is going to last very long. Twenty one minutes this match lasts, right? And again, and I said this on the last one, they beat the living shit out of each other. Um, the amount of like the amount of times where I thought, oh my god, Mike Bailey's actually going to do this. Um, he does like shooting star press knee sort of presses, and it's it was brutal, absolutely brutal. And it was a combination of high flying action, a little bit of technicality but like the most balls to the wall action that I'd ever seen at any point at that point. And that was the point where I was like, clearly I need to go to more of these shows. I remember going to the next one, I think when they rebranded as Defiant or it might've still been WCPW. And I was the only person in the crowd chanting, we love you, Mike Bailey. And he turned to me on the apron of the ring and he went, just you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, just me. But I'll take it. I'll take it all day. It's a great match. And I, I, I remember Callum, tweeting me or quote tweeting me a couple a couple of months ago where it looked like for at least a little minute that speedball had signed with nxt and i was like please 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 make this actually happen i don't think he has done um and if i'm honest i think aew is the place for him um but if you're not aware of speedball the reason why he's not been able to wrestle in america is because he traveled through america without the kind of right paperwork and they banned him from entering the country for five years so oh, yeah. how he managed to get from Canada where he lives to the UK without passing through America, like must have been very difficult for him at any point. Like everyone else is like, oh, we've got a layover in Denver. Well, I can't do that. I've got to go the other <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. 
Um, but no, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic match. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend that you go and see it. All you need to do, go onto YouTube, type in Mike Bailey, Will Ospreay, WCPW. It'll probably be the first hit. The full match is on there for free. So you've got no excuse. Go and watch it and enjoy it. And you'll probably see me stood in the front row in my Dean Ambrose T-shirt clapping like a moron. Um, but yeah. I think in, in future months, we should talk a little bit about WCP, uh, WCPW mm-hmm. because I was there for the first night of that Pro Wrestling World Cup and saw Will Ospreay versus Martin Kirby um, along with McIntyre, sorry, Galloway versus Ricochet mm-hmm. and Young Bucks and Adam Cole with Gabriel Kidd versus The Prestige. And honestly, I came back from that show and my mum went with me and a friend and she was like, so where are they going to next? It's like, yeah. oh, they, they do shows in Manchester, but it's on like a Tuesday night. It's like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Your mum's like, like turning into a fan. She stood up after Galloway Ricochet and applauded. Yeah. Like, and she, she's, you know, she is the most casual of casual wrestling fans. Like, <laughs> she, she doesn't really watch it, but she tag, tags along. Yeah. And she was like, that was really good. That's, that and says I, a lot. And really. I like, she, she, she tapped Christopher Daniels on the back and, and said, thanks for a good show or something. <laughs> you won't proper getting into it. Like, yeah. That's what you want, isn't it? You know, that's, that's a good show. Like, I still went to like, I went to the Defiant shows after they rebranded as well. Mm. Um, the only time I've ever seen a Royal Rumble was a Defiant show. Um, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. Can't talk about the winner now, but yeah. Who won? <laughs> Who was it? David Starr. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I buy controversial t-shirts, so it's all right. We can talk yeah, about you do. I buy controversial <laughs> t-shirts. So, um, so He's wearing a Ruby Wright t-shirt. I am. I am. And what, uh, really annoyingly, it, the day it came was the day she dropped the video with the, where it being spray-painted on the wall saying, Riot's dead. And I was like, well, it's not good, is it? And your teacher <laughs> says Riot is not dead, doesn't it? And it says Riot's not dead. Yeah. So I'm keeping a laugh at Riot. He's, he's walking around like a rebel going, I'm not having yeah. it. I'm a proper, proper rebel. Just um, get like a bit of a sticky tape and put it over the knot yeah, side. Over the knot, I was yeah. the first one to get this shirt. Yeah. Just get a, a bit of gaffer tape. And then like, that's, that's, uh, that's punk, isn't it? Um, no, yeah, I th- I like, I, everyone knows I love Ruby Bayer. Or Ruby Soho, she is now, so... Um, yeah, I thought I'm gonna bite the bullet and get a t-shirt, and then uh, it didn't come in time. Oh no, yeah, it did come in time actually for it all out, but it was still in the bag because I didn't have time to like because I got quite a lot of t-shirts, so I didn't have time to put it on when she when I knew she was gonna uh, gonna debut. Anyway, we digress. Um, As per, yes, is it is it my number three? It is your is. number three, yeah. Okay, my number three is. Um, a bit. A, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. Oh, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right. You're going to talk you're about gonna like pick... the first. You're going to talk about the first fall of a two out of three falls match. Yeah, basically. you're going to pick two matches, aren't you? No, I'm going to pick three. Um, I my number three is the Rock versus Austin, right? <laughs> at WrestleMania, fifteen, seventeen, oh. and nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, not. Kind of, because I can't decide if one of them is my favourite. I think it's 17. No. You know, I'm, I'm going to be controversial. I think mine's 19. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, 15's good because I knew what I knew what Austin was going through at the time. 
because he's talked about like going through a divorce and his head being mashed. And if if you look or you watch 15, not many people go and watch 15, to be honest, because they kind of forget that it's it's a good match. He comes out in a t-shirt, not his vest, because he he just he just forgets his vest. Like he just forgets to pack it because he's in the middle of a divorce. Um so he comes out in a t-shirt. But the match is great. But when you're talking about the trilogy, no one really mentions 15. It's always no. usually 19 because that's the one, the rock one. So I haven't did got you a ever number. see did you ever see the mania before WrestleMania? No. It, oh, it's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. It's like a documentary that they did leading into WrestleMania 19. Yeah. And it's where you see all the stuff about Austin, like literally being in the hospital the day of WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing. JR took him to the hospital the night before. Yeah. And yeah, you just see it in a new light. Like, totally. Because I, I think remember... it was. Sorry, no, I think it was a special feature on the WrestleMania 20 DVD. Yeah. Because. Why? I put on Twitter, like, as I do on, on SLTD's Twitter, I do like SLTD asks. Um, and I could just ask a random question. And one time, one of the questions was, um, what would you like to see on Untold? Like, if you mm. if you could have it Untold. And I was like, I'll start. I would like to, I would like an Untold on the trilogy of, of their matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. And somebody mentioned that Mania before Mania. And up until you've just said it, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> and that was ages ago. Um, but I need to. I need to see. It. I, I don't know if it'll be on like YouTube or something like that. I don't know. Um, Let me but, resort to the Google machine. You talk. Yeah, I might have to get it through ill-gotten gains, as that's how I. Uh, <laughs> I sometimes get things. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes. Only sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, for the honestly, I like all three of the matches, and I couldn't. I, th- I think nineteen is my favorite. Is it? I think so. Okay. 35 minutes on YouTube. Yeah, we'll have to watch it then. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's all there. Sounds. That's Send my, you a link. Sounds. That's my viewing sorted. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, I think it's 19, but there's, there's a lot of 17 that I really like. And there's a lot of 15 that I really like. I've watched 17 most recently, and I think that's why it's up there. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm going to say, if you're going to watch one of them, watch all three of them and see which one is your favourite. Because a lot of people, if you if you listen to the internet, a lot of people will say 19. Mm-hmm. But the other two deserve some love too. And as a, like, a trilogy of matches over the space of four years, is it? Five, three, four years? Um, when was 15? 15 would have been 1999 19, yeah. to 22. Four years, yeah. Four years, yeah. Because yeah. um, even going into 17, it didn't really, it didn't seem to make sense for them to have 8 to 19. Did they say 19 or 17? 19, it didn't really seem to make sense for them to have a match. But then obviously, mm-hmm. when you're known as being Austin's last match, like hindsight says that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Um, there was there was definitely a conscious decision made, weren't there? Because they decided to do Rock Cena 
not Rock Cena. Cena, not Jesus, Rock Hogan too. Yes. yes. At No Way Out. Yeah. Which is really, yeah, which was a weird one. Awesome. So you kind of go like, well, what are they doing at Mania then? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And again, Vincent Hogan was a good match. Yeah. And kind of in that ilk of like Vince needs to have a match at Mania. Who's who's been a big star over the year yeah. that might have an issue with him? Let's yeah, bring yeah. out Organ, let's bring out Michaels, let's bring out, you know, yeah. Brett Hart. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone and anyone. Yeah. Everyone from uh, when the when the Mr. McMahon character was being born, we'll yeah. uh, we'll throw it in there. Out of interest, Callum, have you seen and because you weren't wouldn't have been a fan? No, would no, you? No. Um I've watched, I've watched definitely the seventeen and the nineteen ones. Yeah. I think, I think for any for any wrestling fan, WrestleMania seventeen is almost a must watch pay per view. Yes, you know, yes. You, you hear so much about it, you finally say, right, let's go, go and trawl back through the archives and watch WrestleMania seventeen. Mm. And I think I probably watched WrestleMania nineteen because that was the same pay per view as Michael's Jericho. Yes, yes, nineteen's a good show. Nineteen gets yeah. a lot of love. Mm. Mm. I think that like yeah, I think seventeen is a good is a better show, mm. but I think nineteen is a better match. If we're talking yeah. about Rock and Austin, I think. Mm. But with the show being so good, maybe that dilutes the match a little bit. I think I think that with with Rock Austin at WrestleMania seventeen, it symbolizes just the end of end of the era. Mm. I mean, I know nineteen does for the, both of them. But in terms of WrestleMania 17 being the end of the the Monday Night Wars, and yeah. it's kind of like these have been the two biggest stars for this company for the last you know three four years now, and this is the end and the start of something new with these new crop of talent. Mm. Yeah, I think it, the yeah maybe that's what it is that it's like it's a bit of that's the feeling of it. So it's because I think that's it. It's a lot of a lot of times it's not necessarily the match. It's what you. What goes into the feeling of it, and what you're thinking about it, and where your head is when you're watching it, and all stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave it open. I think. So I'm gonna say if anybody wants to tell me off or comment and say that their favorite match is 15, that would be cool. But um, yeah, that's my number three. I think it's WrestleMania 19. I think I'm gonna say. I enjoyed what the games did when they did like a playthrough of them. Mm. Um, I can't remember. Was, yeah, I, I think it was for the Attitude Era showcase, or it might have just been for an Austin one. Um, but yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Does, uh, did I? Uh, did you say Callum the other day? Because uh, obviously we're in a group together. Um, that they're bringing back GM mode. Yes. That yeah. Thing? That's being planned for rest of, uh, for two K twenty two. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Take my money. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that that you, you could um, ask Rach if you can borrow the PS5 for a few weeks after Christmas to, <laughs> You're to not play the on Xbox? GM mode. Is, is it only for the PS5? Oh no, I'd imagine it'd be for both. Is it? Yeah. I might need to upgrade just for 2K22, yes. the most expensive the, PlayStation. The only <laughs> thing I've really heard about these games is that if this 2K. If 2K22 doesn't do good, then it may be the end of the the partnership. So they might be yeah. looking for a new a new guy to uh, a new guy a new company to um, helm the games. 
So as a well, uh, we are um, we are doing a WWE games episode, aren't we? So we are, we are. We can. Uh, we may have a special guest on that one too. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Hopefully, who knows some things. Mm. <laughs> some things. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, what's your number three, Callum? Is it Callum? I was, yeah, it is. Yeah. I was. I'm in the narring because I mentioned Galloway versus Ricochet of sticking that in just as like a late a late call. But I'm going to stick with what I originally had from about two or three weeks ago, and that was CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2013. Punk as a face around this time for me was the best face in the company. Um, you know, he was obviously on par with, with Brian and what Cena was doing, but it felt that he had th- this support that he hadn't had for a few years. Obviously, he'd been been a heel for a while. Um, and then he turned face. I'm, I'm desperately trying to remember when he turned face. Um, it was, I think it was around like Money in the Bank 2013 when Heyman turned on him. And then this started this whole whole obsession from Punk to get revenge on Heyman, which brought Brock, which brought Brock back for SummerSlam. And it was just an insane match where the crowd were just firmly behind Punk. And just, you, you, you didn't give Punk a chance at all, because obviously you look at CM Punk and you look at Brock Lesnar, and you think, well, Lesnar's going to tear him to shreds. Similar in a way to what Adam says about Mike Bailey walking out in his karate kit. <laughs> and then, like, as the match continues, and because it was no holds barred, you gave Punk a chance with that stipulation. And honestly, I, I believe that Punk was going to win. And personally, you know, I think if if all stars aligned, Punk should have won. You know, as he he's pointed out in the past, what, what was he going to do after SummerSlam? He was still going to be on Raw every week and SmackDown every week, whilst Brock was going to be away for a few more months. The win for mm-hmm. Punk would have done much more than the win did for Brock. Um, so result-wise, it didn't go to plan for me. But it's just an incredible match, which just 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 the, the, the reaction to a, any spot that that they did in the match just made made the crowd made the crowd jump up. And like when Punk um, GTS Heyman, it was just an excellent spot. And then then he'd turn around into a into an F five, and that's how he'd lose the match. Mm-hmm. But it felt that he got his got a little bit of comeuppance on Heyman, um, but didn't go all the way. And honestly, I think it's a match that should have been revisited if Punk had stayed around, um, because it would have been probably just as good as the SummerSlam 2013 one. But that pay-per-view in general is just probably one of the, one of the best SummerSlams in recent memory. Because obviously you had Punk Lesnar and then the Brian Cena match. And both of them just felt like two new marquee matches, which easily could have been revisited in years to come, but never were. And but Punk Lesnar for me just sticks out as the best one on that card and it's actually to me when I watch it just a little bit better than Punk versus Cena because of the reaction to some of the spots that Punk has yeah I think I was just about to say that um I think this is a lot of this is a bit like not in the same in the same breath but it reminds me a little bit of um Rock and Hogan Mm. where it's like it's a lot of the reaction to stuff like the crowd Mm. is so into this match that it's hard not to watch it and get proper into this match. Mm. Um, I remember, I remember, I haven't watched it recently, but the last time I did, I can't remember why I was watching it, but anyway, um, I did, and that's the first thing I noticed was it was like, Jesus Christ, like the the, the like the crowd, every single move, 
every single time the whole match they're just like oh hey boo hey like <laughs> every everything like everything that happens they're so behind it and I think that really makes the match more sort of mean more because you sort of get wrapped up in it mm. even though you know the outcome you still kind of get wrapped up in it and that's I suppose that's the point I guess um, but yeah I think I remember as well somebody made it a Somebody made a poster for this, um, and Punk was Wolverine, and Lesnar was, um, Lesnar was Hulk, um, and the poster was so cool for it, um, that I was just like, wow, this is this is just wow, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've probably seen like somebody make a poster and it go a bit mainstream where like mm. everybody was like kind of using it and talking about it and all stuff like that so um yeah man top pick it was so good I like it it's a very um, underrated pick yeah it's one that not many people go back to yeah yeah I, so I, think, so. I think that's the problem for, for Punk between like the years maybe like 2010 2010 to 2011 up until him leaving it was just remembered for that money in the bank match and anything that Punk did in his title reign, but I mean his in-ring work still stayed so so stellar and just incredible throughout those three years that mm. it's easy to find a match when he wasn't actually a champion to sit back and enjoy. I remember like Punk versus Cena from like a Raw in 2013 when it was like winner will face the Rock at WrestleMania. That that is just as good as anything that Punk and Cena did back in 2011. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, right. is it. Is it me? Is you in it? It's number three. It's yeah. me. You're number three, yeah. Um, so this is the last non-WWE match on my list. Um, the final other promotion. Um, and obviously, it's TNA. Um, just coming off our celebrating TNA episode and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of spoiled it in that episode uh, before we spoke to Jeff Jarrett. My number three is the ultimate X match for the X Division Championship, AJ Styles, Chris Saban, and Petey Williams. Um, Ty and I spoke after we spoke to Jeff Jarrett or before we did the main recording of the episode that next time we do a pay-per-view retrospective, we should try and see there's a TNA show that we can watch instead of like a WWE show. Mm. So then, Callum, you're getting a little bit of TNA and you know all that kind of stuff. Hopefully yeah. it'll be one around about like 04 or 05 time. Um, but if we get a final resolution 2005, this is the key match off that pay-per-view. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with an all X match, Jeff Jarrett himself on our podcast um, identified it as a ladder match without ladders. And I'd never really thought about it that way before, which sounds a little bit daft. But essentially, you've got a ladder suspended above the ring in between two red cables, which form an X. And instead of you being allowed a ladder, to just climb up and take it down, you have to scale the X. You have to kind of hop up from the turnbuckle, find your way across. And they usually end up in this spot where two wrestlers were in the middle of the X, kicking each other, fighting each other off it. And the kind of innovative finish of it was that it was Petey Williams and Chris Sabin who'd managed to unhook the belt and were having a little bit of tug of war about it. AJ, in a kind of similar thing to a phenomenal, phenomenal forearm, springboards off the rope and just grabs it from the two of them out of the way and then he's crowned champion. But at this point, it was Petey Williams 
I mean, I'm going to use this term because I used it to describe Triple H's world title run and Jeff Jarrett's world title run. The the idea of like a heel having a reign of terror with a title. Well, like you can't, no one can defeat them. They're going to have it for ages. Petey had that X Division title for absolutely ages. And he was kind of a hook of impact, I would say. Something that you would kind of tune in to watch. Obviously, you'd watch the X Division anyway. But Petey Williams, again, said this on the Celebrating TNA episode, a flip pile driver. I'd never seen a flip pile driver before that point. And now everyone in the mums is doing a destroyer. Like, <laughs> chill out, you know. Yeah. Um, Justin Rhodes some... did it on Rampage last week. Did he? Justin, Justin Rhodes did it to Malachi Black, like, oh. last week. My... This is it, like, everyone's, he... everyone now and everyone knows how to do it and can do it safely. Yeah. Everyone's busting them out. Yeah. Even um, Rip Baker did the, what she called the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not a fan of that one, are you? <laughs> No, 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 but I mean, I, I don't think anyone does it as good or as smooth as Petey does. No, like no, it was no. just, I, I remember seeing a gif of it for the first time. I remember, I thought about this actually when I was thinking of Jack Evans the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, and I used to have you know, back in the day, Ty, where you know, we did underhanded things like we had Lime Wire and Win MX and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, you'd type in wrestling because you didn't really know what you were searching for. Anything, it'd send, anything it, yeah, wrestling. It'd send you like mm. one single match. Yeah. Or then every now and again, it'd send you a GIF, right? Mm. And this one GIF was labelled as Jeff Hardy crazy stunt or something like that. So I clicked on it thinking it'd be like a swanton. And it was Jack Evans doing a 630. And it was like <laughs> someone's just thought, oh, wait a minute, this is Jeff Hardy. But then it was like... Um, Flip pile driver or 360 G. I was like, what's this? Clicked on it. It's Pete Williams doing his Canadian destroyer. Um, yeah. Saban was always a stalwart of the X Division. He was always that solid hand who, when you needed a contender, or again, a couple of times where you need a champion, he's yeah. the one that you go into it. AJ was the anomaly where he went between X Division tag world whenever they yeah, needed just him. Anywhere, yeah. Very similar to what he's doing in WWE, I suppose, because he's been champion, he's been United States, he's been Intercontinental, he's tag and all that kind of stuff. Um, so again, like this match, don't tell me that I'm not doing anything for you. You can view on YouTube in its entirety absolutely free. And I've not purposely picked matches that you can just go and watch on YouTube. It just so happens that they're all there. Um, or the majority so happens I'm really cheap and I only watch yes. matches free on YouTube I only watch ma- matches on YouTube all this other stuff that you want to pay for never yeah. never seen it in my life man not a bit of it no no uh, but yeah no. what's that who <laughs> who's that <laughs> YouTube I'll wait five seconds to skip those adverts it's fine <laughs> <laughs> If you've not seen a Norma X match, go and check it out. If you've not seen a TNA match, go and check it out. Just go and see what these guys were doing, especially like if you're a WWE fan and the only thing you know of AJ Styles is WWE, go and watch him with Shaw Er killing it in 2005 in TNA. Um, Shaw Er, hasn't he? Well, and this is like short, short Er, isn't it? This is before he got a bob. Yeah, (laughs) this is before he was worth it. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a very very good match. So if you've not seen it, go and go and watch it. I highly recommend it because that's why it's my number three. Yeah, I um I agree. I think I think it's it's one of them where TNA doesn't get enough love because of what it kind of turned into and what it kind of 
it dwindles a bit and it's like it's gone its way back and it's doing its thing. It's it, I don't think it'll ever be like the way TNA was towards the end. Um I feel like TNA what what TNA was towards the end of TNA is what AEW is now. But TNA didn't have the money, like didn't have the sort of the backing and the 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 major channel and all and the billionaire behind the scenes who's um thingy but yeah I think what 10 15 years ago everyone losing the minds the other night over Daniel Bryanson um Brian Danielson don't know what that was <laughs> um losing the minds and coming out it all out that's what happened 15 years ago with Kurt Angle like mm. literally exactly the same it was like what the hell um, so yeah, I think TNA should get super love, super, super love. Um, and also go and listen to us talk to Jeff Jarrett. Of course. Obviously. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Talk to Jeff Jarrett, for God's sake. Why haven't you done already? No. What are you doing listening to you us? started this very podcast, so I need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, pause this. Pause this. <laughs> go back. Sod go off. Back. Yeah. <laughs> go back and come back to this one. Um, yeah, man. Uh, my number, oh, what's the thing? My number two is my number two had to be my number two because it's because yeah because of what it is. Um, it's Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like this is possibly on your list <laughs> somewhere. But we've only got two spots left. And if it's not, I'm very shocked. Very, very shocked. So <laughs> well, which one are you going for? Uh, 25. 25. Okay. Gotta be 25. I mean, I think they start to capture what happened to 25 and 26, and I don't think it really it really it was good. It was it was a it was an amazing match. But 25 is just like near perfect, isn't it? Know what I mean? Even, even um, Shawn Michaels said to himself, he was like, "There's no such thing as a perfect match." But if, if you wanted to get damn close to it, that'd be it. It was just, yeah, it was just like lightning in a bottle. Like it was fantastic. I think that's the match that made um, my missus not a wrestling fan, but start paying more attention to it. Because um, she is kind of a casual fan. There was a point when she was a, a, an actual fan and watched every week and stayed stayed up to watch the pay-per-views and all that stuff. And then she decided for some reason she needed to have a baby. I'm not, I'm not sure why. Um, <clears throat> now she doesn't do that no more. Like a baby is more important than wrestling. I don't I don't know why. I feel wrong. exactly the same way, mate. Weird. I don't understand. <laughs> I still don't get it. Three years later, I still don't understand. I mean, but, uh, we went to three WrestleManias and then she decided, no, but child time now. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get <laughs> it. Um, but I've already got a baby. It's called SLTD. I don't need another one. All right. I mean, <laughs> anyway, and I'm joking, of course. Of course I'm joking. <laughs> um, we love our children. It's fine. Yes, I do. 98% of the time, I love my child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Probably about 78 at the time, really. But <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, yeah. So she watched this this um this WrestleMania and um 
yeah, it was one of them situations where after this match, she was kind of like, what the hell? Like, that is insane. Um, I think it's hard not to make a top 10 without this match. Um, and as I say, I think I have put, possibly put it a little bit lower than some other people on this, on this year podcast. But, um, yeah, what say you, Callum? Sorry? <laughs> what, what say you? Uh, do you think it deserves to be number two? What are we, what are we going um, with? I, I don't think it deserves to be number two. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just a little, little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> it, it does feature later on in my list. Oh, right. Okay. Very soon later in on. my list. Yeah. So I'm assuming, not to spoil this, but it is on both of your lists. Yes. And the faces you pulled, it's not number two. I was I was hoping there was there was a split second where I thought, can you imagine if we all had the same number one? Uh, yeah, no, no. See, now I'm really in, I'm interested what your number one's going to be now, Ty. Surely it's obvious what my number one's going that, to be. I mean, I, I assume it's going to be like the Gun Club versus QT <laughs> yeah. Marshall or something. Yes, obviously. Who else would it be? Like yeah. maybe not the Gun Club, but um. Uh, my number one spoiler alert is um is Billy Gunn and King of the Ring, um the whole so, tournament yeah. or just one match? Uh, just to, just winning it, just winning the one match. It, uh, if we were doing our top ten favorite segments, Billy and Chuck getting married would be number one. Um, would it not be when Billy Gunn was really annoyed that he wasn't put in the King of the Ring? And they interviewed him during the King of the Ring time. Oh, yeah, maybe. From like WWF yeah. New York. And he's going like, why? I won the 1999 yeah. one. Why am I? Yeah, possibly that. Actually, that would be number two. And the wedding would be number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's quite funny. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my number two. If you if you haven't watched it, you're not a wrestling fan. Um, because it's... It's it's insane. It's just like so good and it's so perfect, and every single move is so fluid. And apparently, how true this is, I don't know. But ninety percent of it, the calls on the fly, like ninety percent of it was like in the ring. They kind of knew certain spots, but um, I think the table spot they knew, um, and one or two others, but the bulk of the match was just calling it in the ring, which is insane when you think about it. Like, But yeah, that's my number two. There you go. I'm sure yous will talk about it again soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. There you go. Well, I mean, part one, when we recorded part one and the plan was that we were going to do the full thing, I wore my T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Bit, of a give- Bit of a giveaway. Bit of a giveaway. My number one has been mentioned. My number one is Jeff Jarrett because I'm wearing a Jeff Jarrett t-shirt, clearly. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, my number one could be Ruby Riot versus um, Ronda Rousey. Callum's is my... Millhouse's dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Callum's is Millhouse's dad singing the national anthem. Kurt um, Van Outen versus the, the guy that Luan ended up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brett or someone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brett. Brett from Big Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Callum, what's your number two? My number two match is from Royal Rumble 2017. It was a bit of a toss up between 
a match that happened at the previous year's SummerSlam or at this pay-per-view. And I've stuck with this one. And it's AJ Styles versus John Cena for the WWE title. I think I think the the added bit of the of the WWE title just gives it a little bit more interest and in a way the anticipation for the match to happen again. Um obviously AJ was about three or four months into this reign. And personally, I think it should have continued up until WrestleMania um, instead of it flipping to Cena and then going to Wyatt at Elimination Chamber, then Orton at WrestleMania, and then Jinder Mahal. So in the space of like a couple of months or even a couple of weeks, the title had gone to four different people, which was madness around that time. Um, but I remember watching this match with my older brother, who kind of is definitely is a casual fan to wrestling. Um, he heard about CM Punk returning a few weeks ago. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to go up to work in the morning. I'll, I'll stay up and watch this pay-per-view with you. And, like, it was the first time that he'd seen AJ wrestle. And I was kind of, like, talking talking him through of who AJ Styles was before the match. He was like, so who's this guy facing Cena? I've never seen him before. Is he good? And I said, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal, really. And, <laughs> and like, at the, end of the match, at the end of the match, he was like, that match was on par with a match that we're about to talk about in a few minutes' time because he'd watched that match as well like eight years before. And it was it was something where he was sat on the end of, edge of his seat watching. And when, when I was much younger, I was a Cena fan, as I think I've mentioned in like our Top 10 Wrestlers podcast. Um, but for this match, I was supporting AJ. So I was kind of like on, on my feet throughout the whole match thinking, come on, Styles, you can win this one. And then in the end, when Cena won, I was like, well, that's cool. And my brother was celebrating. And it's just a match that I think I think because of who, who obviously who I was watching it with and being being able to share share the, the passion of watching wrestling with someone else makes it higher up on this list than other matches. Because you can see why we put in the effort to watch wrestling. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you might have your parent walk in during a segment segment when Bo Dallas is dressed up as Christmas, as Christmas, as Santa Claus and feeling embarrassed watching wrestling. Um, or watching Fabulous Moolah and Ivory on your big screen TV downstairs. <laughs> um, but for this match, you're not embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. And you're like sat there watching it with someone else and you say, yeah, this is really good, isn't it? And someone can, and you can, you can have someone that actually agrees with you and says, yeah, I can understand why you like this AJ Styles guy. He's pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why that's my number two match because it, it's... It's a no pun intended. It's a phenomenal match that didn't need any you know, added stipulation of it being no DQ. It was a match that was solely within those ropes, and that was pretty rare, or is pretty rare for, for any wrestling match to basically just be settled in that ring. They, they didn't go outside to do a table spot. They did everything for like that 20-25 minutes in that squared circle, and it's perfection. I think it's one of them where where we've kind of talked about like like the biggest from one company or the biggest from one era or the biggest from this or the biggest from that. And I think without really realising it, well, not so much because I think it was mentioned at the time, but it's like the biggest star of of TNA, which is essentially up until now the only competition, mm. quote-unquote, that WWE have had. Um, to have the biggest star of one of TNA versus at the time the biggest star of WWE, Mm. is a big thing, do you know what I mean? And it's a match that everybody had talked about before that. 
and saying like if they was ever going to do something or be something then um, Cena versus AJ would be the match they'd want to see and it didn't disappoint at all did it really no. it was it was fantastic like it was absolutely great um, Adam number two I feel like the, the surprises have just gone away now um, yeah. so my number two is DIY versus the Revival two out of three falls and it takes a go to run out we still don't know um, what my number one is. It's all right, don't worry well, about it. Well, I'm can, trying to I figure out what yours is. I think I've got it. Well, go on then. Triple H versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 28. Ah, uh, okay. Fair enough. Maybe. Right. Um, Maybe. So, yeah, I mean, DIY Revival, 2016. So this would have been two months after Ruby, my daughter, was born. Um, and I kind of used that timeline because... My friend Daniel, who doesn't really like wrestling, I've mentioned this anecdote before. He doesn't really like wrestling. Um, he's he's I wouldn't even refer to him as a casual fan, but he watches it and he does it more for the social aspect of it, or he did anyway. Where he would come round if there was a big show and he would stay over and watch the show with me. Now, with me being a teacher, the shows that I get to watch live on the night are very few and far between. With me now being 31 and a dad the shows that I get to watch live on the night are even further few and far between. I can't remember the last time I actually stayed up and watched one. Um, I think we got to a point, it might have actually been SummerSlam, where Amy and my wife said, oh, you're staying up tonight? And I was like, are you joking? Like, I've been up since half six with Ruby. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, but he came round for SummerSlam that year, which was the year that um, Bala injured his, his shoulder after winning the Universal title and all that kind of stuff. And then... Some Survivor Series weekend, I'll always be in work on the Monday after Survivor Series. But TakeOver on the Saturday night, yeah, I'll be up for that. I'll stay up for that. And you're talking two o'clock in the morning, half two in the morning after this phenomenal match ends. He says to me, that is the best match you've ever shown me. And like, I I had no say in that. I, it wasn't like I could say to him, like, oh, this is a really good match. I want you to watch this match. But he was just like, even he, who clearly, like as a layman, as a, a sort of not even casual fan, had no idea who any of the four people were and was just like, oh, this is another tag match. Like Usually he gets a little bit out of going, I recognise that person. I've heard you say that name before. I've heard, you know, this thing mentioned and all that kind of stuff. He had no idea who Gagano, Champa, Wilder or um, Dawson were. And then he gets to watching it and he's like, this is the best match you've ever shown me. And it was, it's from a non-fan, like what more praise do you need? The fact that you pulled him into the world of professional wrestling through a two out of three falls match, which has the right balance of emotion. Yeah, it's a little bit cliche and gimmicky about the fact that you all, we all know that you're probably going to go one team wins one fall, the other team wins the other fall, mm -hmm. the third fall is the decider. But you use that drama right like yeah. this match does, and you pull everybody into it. And it was just the fact that even in that story, he believed that DIY should win. He was rooting for DIY to win. And it was just the story of that match. And to me, it was perfect, absolutely perfect tag team wrestling. And again, like Callum said, this was a time where tag team wrestling, especially in NXT, you know, you'd come off American Alpha, Revival were the main kind of cornerstones of that division. And then you get into the DIY sort of feud towards the end of the year. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, I love it. I, I just think it's a great match. I can't recommend it enough. Um, but clearly there's one match which is better. 
Um, but yeah, no, I love it. I think it's great. And again, <laughs> should be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or, on, or on the WWE Network. Or on the WWE Network. Which you bring a free trial for. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. cancel it straight away. <laughs> straight away. Soon I think WWE Network is the one direct debit that's not changed for the past, like, five years out of my bank account or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, every now and again, like, I'll come out with something else and I'll go, oh, I'll, t- I'll use a different email address and I'll get a free trial for that. <laughs> I just let the network go. I'm just like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I don't, I have, I like, I haven't even got the app or the um, the like however it is to use it I'm not even showing me logins I still pay for uh, Impact Plus like, oh yeah every month <laughs> I don't even I haven't watched Impact for ages like I've <laughs> no it's idea still going it's still but going out <laughs> yeah. but I like to support these small companies don't I I don't know why I don't know I couldn't even tell you I'm the same like I must spend about about 80 90 quid on subscriptions a month easily without a doubt no like but the network and marvel limited are probably the two i get the most money out of i would say i mean i'm like i'm disney plus oh yeah disney plus as well yeah network i mean it's a good job that netflix now just goes out with sky because otherwise it'd just be another thing to kind of bother about (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm the worst. I tell you, I'll sign up for something and then just forget about it and just think whatever. Well, I've that's why I'm really it. hopeful that like it's Disney that buy WWE because then you're just going to put all the stuff that I watch anyway on Disney Plus. So I'll just watch everything through. Oh Disney yeah, Plus. I didn't think about that actually. Well, I've said this to Amy, totally off topic here now. That the next holiday we're going to go on, we're not. We're going to do another Haven next year. After yeah. that, we're going to do Disneyland Paris, right? And I keep saying to Amy, like, if WWE, if Disney buy WWE, like, there's going to be WWE stuff there. I don't think it works like that. It should do. It buddy should do. There's, there's Star Wars stuff, there. stuff and there's Marvel yeah. stuff. Yeah. Get me a WWE ride. Like, yeah. come on, Undertaker's yeah. coffin log for him or something like that. Like, <laughs> let's go. Surely it would go with his haunted house, not his coffin log for you. <laughs> Why was that the first thing you thought? I have about? no idea. I just <laughs> I saw a coffin house. and I thought, where can I put that? I know what I'm queen. Like a house <laughs> of horrors sort of thing. Well, they got the Tower of Terror, aren't they? It would just be Undertaker's Tower of Terror. There you go. Right. <laughs> You're mental. Bloody hell. Um, if they build a coffin log for him now, it's because, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. Um, the Undertaker's. Um, this is going to be an SLT the asks, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> The Undertaker's Haunted House or New Day's Unicorn Log Flu. That'd be good. Well, that Unicorn, the carousel with the oh, horses yeah. on. There you go. I was thinking, oh, like a, a, a New Day, like Log Flu, but like you come up one side, which is one side of the rainbow, and then you go down <laughs> the other side of the rainbow. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Alexa yeah. Bliss's maze. I'm just thinking now. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do an SLT the ask. I'm gonna do it. Um the other week I did one. I went to the zoo, so give me your favorite animals. <laughs> so I was thinking, like the, again, totally off off topic, but um I was like, I'll get the easy ones out the way. So I thought like Charlotte Flair, like Peacock, because that's what she she does. And then um Orange Cassidy, um sloth, so good. Fucking Mike. Uh, uh, my mild enough guy 
He was like, yeah, yeah, a British Bulldog, a British Bulldog. I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> come on, man. Seriously. Like, work with me a little bit here. Jesus. And other people are like, um, I think Pac looks a little bit like a honey badger. I was like, yeah, man, okay. So I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. I said, I said Ryan for Roman Reigns. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I was thinking like, like Panther or Panther. Hmm. A bit like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Good sounds. Anyway, we digress. We digress. We, we branch into sound effects now. It doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter where you get the inspiration from, as long as you get it. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. It's the way it works. Next week, when Ty goes for an all-you-can-eat Chinese, yeah, it's gonna be which item food menu from the. <laughs> Do yeah, you think <laughs> as long as you know what, like I'm, I'm throwing out the content. You just, you just come back with me. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm just trying to be a, you know, uh, just trying to do some different things. So here we are anyway with our number ones after we've just talked shit for five minutes. Um, number one, I'm going to have to go because my number one's different to your number ones. But Callum was right in my number one. It's obvious. My number one had to be Triple H. It, like, like, it, it was never not going to be a Triple H match. When we made this list, I was like, right, what's number one? Okay, to play Undertaker. Okay, what's after that? Like, I had my number one. I was like, okay, I'm done. Right, I need I need nine others. That's it. Um, so, yeah, to play the Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, with uh, Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. This is just amazing. Like, as a, as a wrestling match, Undertaker to play, uh, Undertaker Shawn Michaels is amazing. There's no two ways about it. But the emotion in this match, and I think the reason why this match is so good and why it stands out so much to me is more to do with Shawn Michaels than anything else. Because Shawn Michaels is so torn and plays it so well that he's like, he doesn't know if he wants his mate to win or if he wants his, he wants the Undertaker to win, so he doesn't know, he doesn't have to deal with the fact that Triple H is better than him. Like, he's fighting it so much in the ring, and he's going backwards and forwards, and then he he hits the switching music, and he, he hits the floor, like, oh, my God, what have I done? Like, oh, God, this is, I've just ruined this. Like, the streak's over, and it's my fault, and I'm not even in the match. Like, he goes through every single emotion, and then, yeah, because it's a hell in a cell, it's like a, it's like a bit old school because you don't really get a decent hell in a cell like, like that, where it's like all weapons and it's like all outside the ring and you're, you're smashing each other's heads in and all stuff like that. Um, just everything about it just gives me the feels, I'll be honest. That's the only way I can, I can describe it. And as I say, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, is sublime and it, if it's on anybody's list and it's number one it deserves to be there but there's just more emotion connected to this to this one and the fact that they all hug at the end and then it's like the end of an era and like they're all all doing the thing at the top of the um top of the ramp and they're just looking out like yeah this is this is the last of us from the essentially the greatest era of wrestling there's ever been up until potentially now, I would say. Um, 
yeah, it's just, yeah, it's me with the feels. And I remember watching it, and when they were standing at the top of the ramp, I got a bit, like, choked up. Because I was convinced, stupidly, that that would be the Undertaker's last match. Convinced of it. There's, yeah. um, the whole switching music to pedigree yeah. near fall is the closest I've ever thought that, like, that was going to be it. Mm. Like, I thought, streak's over. Like, yeah. did, did, you know, and, um, I remember, not to throw this in, but obviously, you know, we went to that one. Um, mm. And when they got up to the, the top and they were hugging and it said 20 and 0 in the background, Amy said to me, that's it. That's mm. it. He's not doing any more. That's it. You end it there. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, we had the punk match. And I think, again, everyone probably thought, you know, 20 and 0 maybe should have been it. Nice round number. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think the streak... Or Undertaker at WrestleMania has been the same since then. No, I, I, don't, I don't think they. I think that was the peak. I don't think they ever yeah. kind of got back to anything like that. Which might be an obvious comment to make because it's arguably one of the best matches of the streak. And at that point, you know, his 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 body, and we saw it all in the last ride and stuff, was like only deteriorating after that point. Um, but even things like. The fact that the, they built it up so much that the Hell in a Cell got its own entrance. Yeah, like, their own music. Yeah, Michael yeah, comes out, Triple yeah. H comes out, Taker comes out, and then it's like Metallica kicks in. Yeah, and the, the Hell in a Cell drops. Like Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. And again, just to like Mania twenty eight is my favorite Mania, and it's not my favorite Mania for like the reason why people pick Mania seventeen. It's my favorite Mania because it was the best week of my life. It was the best holiday. It was the best, all that kind of stuff. And then going to watch the show, like the whole Seamus Bryan thing surprised everybody. The undercard was relatively solid with things like Kane and Orton, Big Show, Cody Rhodes, all that kind of stuff. When you get to the Hell in a Cell match, it was like, oh, of course they're putting it here because it can't close the show because we all know Cena Rock's going to close the show. It's like it could have done. Like, if you weren't having seen The Rock, that could have main evented a WrestleMania easy. No one would have batted an eyelid at all. Um, and it was just the most insane, emotional... Like, it was, the, it was the match that started as the sun was coming down and ended as the sun was down, and it was, it was dark. Um, and, yeah, it was absolutely great. And if I'm honest, if I look at the bottom of my list of things like Volta, Dragunov and stuff, it probably could have made it onto my list. But... I'm a little bit thingy with lists when I make lists. I like a little bit of variety. I like to get a lot of different <laughs> things in. Um, and I just thought, here we go, Adam's talking about WrestleMania he's been to again. Like, yeah. Well, it, it was an honourable mention, so you did mention it. Well, um, I remembered. I mean, I, I don't know, I can't do it. I was going to show you the poster that's like hanging um, in in our um, sort of landing at the top of the stairs, which is the Cena Rock poster we've got, which... Um, came all the way back from Miami with us, but I would then have to unplug my microphone and stuff, and it would sound awful. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of work for just us two. No one can Sorry see this. Yeah, I think that's it. It's it's one of them where it's like I think the emotion connected to it and the the storyline, and I think it was like accidentally, it was kind of long term booking because they could 
like intertwine the Shawn Michaels thing with it, and mm-hmm. um, it was it, yeah, it was just amazing. Like it was just, and even like I couldn't imagine how good it'd be being there because I was sitting at home and was like, Jesus, know what I mean? So, and yeah, I think that should have been the last one, and the fact that it's called the end of an era, the end of an era should have been that it was. And I, to be honest, I'm not saying that Undertaker should never have a match after that. I just don't think he should have a WrestleMania match after that. Mm. Like, he could have had matches at Survivor Series or SummerSlam or Royal Rumble or whatever. Like, that would be fine because that's not part of the streak. But that's where his, where his WrestleMania career should have ended, mm. as in having matches. Um, but, yeah, that's my number one, guys. Nice. Mm. I think I think by now everyone knows that me and Adam probably share the same number one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to allow Adam to speak more about it in a bit because obviously he had you know a first-hand live experience of watching that match. And it's Here not, we go again. It, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. Don't worry. <laughs> um, it's Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. No, nothing, nothing else comes close to it for me. Oh shit, mine's not. <laughs> this, this, this is be the greatest swerve. It actually is going to be the Battle Royal. Um, no. No, nothing comes close to it. It was, it was the first WrestleMania that I think I stayed up to watch live. Um, I'm not sure why it was because I was a fan in 07 and 08, but probably because of I don't know whether I had school or whether my parents were kind of like. You're nine, ten years old. Should you really be staying up this late on a Sunday night? Um, and that was a that was a no for staying up. Um, but I remember this one really vividly, just because of it being that first WrestleMania that I think I really got got stuck into as a fan. And Sean and Taker were the first two wrestlers that I remember seeing on my TV screen, like back in 07. So it was a special match anyway. And it was it was really the first wrestling match that I could say oh, that's really special. That's going to be something that is going to be talked about for years to come. And I mean, I had no idea that I'd be talking about it 12 years later on a podcast. That's for sure. Um, but just just the whole match is memorable from the bit where the, the cameraman got in the way and you know almost paralysed The Undertaker. Was it Deuce or Domino? I was just about to say, wasn't it? Uh, Deuce it, was, it was Deuce. It was, it was Sim Deuce. Snooker, yeah. Sim Snooker, who I think previously was in Legacy for a couple of weeks or something. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that moment, you watch it and you see the crowd react. And, you know, Adam will be able to talk about it in a minute, how it was, you know, there live. Like the, the fear that something had gone wrong. Something between two wrestlers who, you know, are known for having incredible matches, whether it be against one another or, you know, against anyone else. And like... Oh God, he has just landed on his head. Is he going to get up? And that actually, when, when he stood up, it added even more emotion to it because you thought, he's not, is he going to be able to continue to wrestle? And are they going to change anything for it? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I wouldn't have been against Sean winning. You know, he, he was Mr. WrestleMania. And I think if anyone should have defeated Taker, it probably should have been even Michaels or Triple H because of the history that they had against Taker. Um, but I mean, just, just the, seeing that crowd react at any any spot, like the the kick out, the tombstone, the tombstone pile driver kick out, where like the, the people in the front rows just all stand up, thinking that's the end of the match, and then the kick out at two and three quarters, and just everyone gets on their feet because they know, sat there in 
Houston that they've seen something special. And I think I think I asked Adam a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about like our favorite wrestlers of like moments that you've been there to watch where, where like AJ winning the title in Manchester ranks with watching Michael's Taker because in that in that moment did, did you anticipate that you were actually going to see one of the greatest matches ever when when you were sat there when Michael's was making his entrance from the sky were you about did you think oh this is going to be something I'm going to be talking about in 12 years did you ever foresee that being a possibility no we knew it was going to be good we knew it was probably going to be match of the night yeah um it seemed i remember the kind of build up to it it seemed to that it seemed to be the natural progression that mm they were going to meet at WrestleMania and they were yeah. going to have that WrestleMania match. Um, and it was always a kind of like, oh, yeah, we all know this is going to be good. And then that kind of mid-match tombstone kick-out that you talk about, I was convinced that was it. I was I, I, I was, I was happy. I was like, yeah. well, that was a good match. And then it was like, oh, wait, he's just kicked out. And then we have all the all the extra bit that's, you know, following through and all that kind of stuff. It was It was insane. It was insane to watch. And if you go back and watch it, there's a kid in the front row who is sat next to his dad. His dad's wearing quite like a colourful shirt. And every near fall, his dad stands up and counts yeah. with the near fall. And the kid stays sat down. The very, very last one, the kid stands up. Because mm. at that point, he's like, oh, I'm that into this match now. It's, it's mm. kind of pulled me in and all that kind of stuff. And that kind of tells me everything I need to know. But like being in the in the arena when you mentioned about Taker sort of landing on his head, I just remember everyone going quiet. Mm. I remember everyone being like, shit, like what has just happened? I don't mm. think that should have happened. Because the, the thing that was louder was the sound of Undertaker's like back or shoulders hitting the camera mm. because the camera kind of exploded. Um and like bits fell off it and all that kind of stuff. And you could it, tell it was a, that it was a gimmick camera, weren't it? Like, I think so. I think that, well, they must have gimmicked it in some way just in case. Yeah, because I thought that it, he was meant to kind of catch him. Yeah. Without I think the what, camera. What was supposed to Because we've seen Taker do that dive before. Yeah, yeah. So I think the idea was that he was supposed to catch him and land normally. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, he wasn't in the right spot. And that's why yeah. Taker ended up over rotating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that was pretty frightening. Um, there was a point where Taker hit an elbow drop off the top as well, and I was like, "What are you like? He's, what's he doing on the top rope? Doing an yeah. elbow drop? Like, <laughs> come on! Why are you doing this?" I remember feeling a little bit flat after the main event, and feeling a little bit <clears> flat after Triple H Arton, because I think in terms of the way that they booked things, well, this is the thing with WWE: they book things like that and match like this for whatever reason surprises people with how good it is, and then the year later they'll go, "Right, we're going to do it again, but we're going to stick it at the end." Yeah. Because, we, you know, and then, like, you kind of, with 26, people forget that there are other great matches on 26. Like, Cena Batista is a really good match. Like, Edge and Jericho, I think, is a good match. Um, the, the Legacy Trouble Threat is quite good. Punk and Mysterio is quite good. Um, but that, it seems to overshadow everything. With Mania 25, again, there's Jet, Matt and Jeff had a really good match as well. Mm-hmm. But people kind of, it gets overshadowed, doesn't it? But this, for me, was... Easily the best match I've ever seen live. The best match I've ever seen. Um, it was just two absolute legends knowing exactly how to do it. And I think they must have just realised at the end of Royal Rumble 07 that these two need to be in the ring together more. 
Yeah. Why it took them two years to get to that point, I don't know. Maybe the whole four retirement kind of snuck in a little bit and that took Michaels off on a, on a different track. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I remember um, the, the following kind of so like fall, fall, autumn TV tapings, um, being stood next to a guy who, and you know, you're just sort of chatting in the queue. Um, and we were telling him about, you know, going to WrestleMania and all that kind of stuff. And he said, oh, you're going to 26. And at that point we weren't doing it was a very late decision. Every every one of them was a late decision apart from 28. Um, and he said, oh, well, I think you should try and get to 26 because it's probably going to be Shawn Michaels' last one. And I was like, where have you got that from? <laughs> like, who, who said that? No one's signposting that. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> like, he's actually wow. right. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because the, the way I think Ty, I've mentioned this to you before, is like the only reason why we actually ended up at 25 is because we had we had a car accident and um, it paid out around about the February time or the March time before 25. And like me and Amy being 18 years old, or no, 18, 19 years old, were like, what do we do with a grand? What, like, what are we going to do? Um, Let's then, piss it up the wall. Yeah. Wait. So then it was just like, should we go to WrestleMania? Yeah, well, we were literally. I remember saying this. I used to um, volunteer at a um, like a kids youth club, and I remember saying like, "Oh, I'm not going to be here for like certain dates. I'm on holiday." So the 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 sort of reverend of the church was like, "Right, tell me exactly the dates, just so that we know, so we don't put you in for anything." It's like, right, we fly on the Friday night, yeah, with a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we fly back on the Monday. And she was like, "What is that? It? Are you going to America for four days?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it." And then we, we realised on the plane on the way back, you don't leave before Raw because that was where Batista came back and Amy was furious because yeah. she's a big Batista fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, you make sure you watch Raw if you yeah. go. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's an absolutely fantastic match. Loved it. Come on. I, um, I think he, a lot of this li- a lot of these lists, and especially the top five, and especially the top two, I would say, um, I think you you're always kind of looking for that match that makes you put your hands down and makes mm-hmm. you kind of like you're watching something and then you forget that obviously you, the outcome is already predetermined and you you're doing your thing and we like to kind of armchair booth and stuff like that, which is what we were doing right here realistically. Um, and a lot of times we say like, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And all that stuff. But when you see a pure match that is that is like this one, um, or is like the Hell in a Cell match where it's like super emotional and everything's going on, that's all you want to have a wrestling match and how to be a fan is to forget that you're watching something that essentially, quote unquote, isn't real. You know what I mean? Um, and I think if you find ma- it's very few and far between that you find matches like that where you just get so engrossed in what's happening that it just you just forget everything else. And I think yeah, to play Undertaker definitely does that without a doubt. I don't know anybody who's seen that match and not being like not felt it and not being like yeah, it's so fake the winner. Do you know what I mean? Or like it's all this or it's all that. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, Yes, I am. I'm willing to say that because I'm outvoted. That should be the number one match. 
I mean, if we were doing like an aggregate score, I think it would end up being mm. number one. Well, obviously, it would yeah. have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Bunch of bitches. <laughs> um, to be fair, if we were doing that, my number two would be right down at the bottom. My number two wouldn't well, even make it. I was listening back to the uh, the first part of the tag teams one that went out this week, and it yeah. was like ties number three. Legion of Doom is our joint seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm all good. Um, we should do more of them because uh, oh, we're doing the women, women, aren't we? Oh yeah, we're doing the women. Yeah, it's right. Um, I like doing women. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> I should say woman, really, because uh, oh. I'm married. I'm married off, aren't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's our top ten over two episodes. Um, it was, to be fair, I think the like the top of it was kind of made sense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's not we're not throwing out any random matches that we think is amazing that everyone else is like, what? Like, no, that was part two. Yeah, that was part two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that was it was a good yeah, it was a good top five, I think. And number one is well deserved. My number one is also deserves to be up there, but whatever, that's fine. I'll 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 take one for the team like I usually I agree. Do. I agree. Feel good. Um yeah, it was it was fun. Um we I don't know if we're gonna do any more top tens. If we've got any plans. Callum before, made a shout the other day. So so I made the shout as I can hear a drill <laughs> in, in the Somewhere down the road. Drilling through your wall. I, I really hope not. <laughs> um, we're thinking of doing like a top ten theme songs or theme tunes or entrance oh, themes, if, if that's nice. the term that you want to use. Um, because I was watching A Dub last week, nice, and obviously A-Dub. started to sing uh, "Cult of Personality," mm. and my dog looked very confused and very worried. <laughs> um, and then obviously Jericho came out and you know got that Judas theme and then Jungle Boys theme. And I just thought, you know what, let's do a top 10 themes. Okay. Because I like, I, I like to be surprised when we do top 10s, but I think the way that, that would work better is if you two told me yours and then we can play a little snippet of them after you've kind of thinged it. Um, we could do yeah. a karaoke version. Uh, yeah. Let's get our kazoos out. Yeah. My number one's going to be Triple H, just so you know. Well, I I did a little, as I usually do, as soon as someone throws an idea out, I go, right, what could be my potential you know and there's a triple h one on mine is the yeah yeah he's had a few yes he has indeed but there's one very specific that i love yeah is it the i'm not telling you when should we do it is it the summer slam that he was saying (laughs) no (laughs) that was when he did like the mashup of the king of kings and the game that's like a cheat though isn't it you can't have like Mashup theme. Oh, all right, Sam. Sorry. Well, then, no, no rated RKO then, because that's just no, a mashup. Yeah, theme. fine. It's like when my mate did a pub quiz and he did like a Glenn Miller medley. It's like you can't have that in the music. <laughs> you pick one song, man. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I genuinely wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> the property will be. Um, yeah, there's our episode, our second episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to throw it around the table. I realised I didn't do this to, at the start, but there you go. <laughs> I will throw it around the table at the end. Uh, Adam, 
What have you got going on? What's happening? What's crap? Um, I've just had an email to remind me that I'm going watching Beauty and the Beast um, in a couple of weeks, down your end, in, at the oh. Liverpool Empire. Nice. It's it's on a week where we're not recording anything, that's why. Oh, that's um, good. What week I think they're, they're still being oh careful God. with COVID, so the show doesn't start till half two, but we're at, uh, allocated entry time is one o'clock. What are we going to do for an, in a theatre for an hour and a half? Like... Break the... Uh... The binoculars, that's what I did the last time I was in here. Right. I, was, <laughs> I broke them and didn't realise you had to pay to get them out. That's how <laughs> That's how much of a biff I am. I was like, oh no. And then two, <laughs> like, two seats down, someone put 20p in and was just like... <laughs> wow. And you're like, I ain't paying 20p. Bang. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. It didn't say anyway. I don't know. Um, that was uh, yeah, time, follow me on Twitter at Adam Farrand. Other than that, it's all good. Sounds. When are you going? Are you taking Ruby? No, we um we we don't trust Ruby with things like that. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, we didn't, was, we, well, yeah. we didn't think it was kid friendly enough. Yeah. Um, so it's just me and Amy. We're going on the second of October. Yeah, the second of October. I take the tickets for a we'll matinee. We'll do a. a... Peter Griffin and Quagmire, where it's like we'll phone each other. Oh, what do we do now? Let's text each other. <laughs> like, oh my God. Let's do the podcast um, while we're here. We've got an hour and a half before it starts. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, we'll do um, top 10 wrestlers as Disney characters. Yes. So we'll um, Callum, what's going on? What's the crack? Um, not much. I don't really know when this episode's set to be released. Um, no. I should be a bit more professional and probably should now. Um, but we're recording this part on the 11th of the sorry the 11th of September 2021, um, which is obviously a very poignant day for for anyone that that knows what happened 20 years ago. Um, so it's just safe to say our thoughts are with anyone that was affected in New York that day, and whether it's the fifth, the tenth, the fifteenth, or in this case the twentieth, we're we're always with you. Yes, definitely. Nice to uh, Callum bringing a emotional end to another podcast. Like yeah. are they all out predictions? I've heard uh, I've heard the uh, these an emotional end to that one too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I can add something that hopefully will, will be good in the sense is that um, on the day of recording we have a great British woman playing in the US Open final. Hey. Um, so fingers crossed. By the time you've listened to this, she has won. And if she hasn't, then she has still made a remarkable achievement to reach mm. a final of a Women's Grand Slam for the first time in 44 years for someone from Great Britain. Definitely. Is that how long it's been? 44 years? Yeah. The last one was Virginia Wade in 1977. Wow. Statman Callum. Statman. Mike Stat brings man. the scoops. Callum brings the stats. What do I bring? <laughs> Suave. All oh, right. Okay. The Bills. The Bills. I was going to say the Wonga. The Wonga. Um, yeah, I am, of course, the Tybo Legend on, um, tw- I was going to say on Instagram, I'm not, on Twitter. Um, obviously, follow SLTD wherever you follow anything ever. Um, we're on Twitter and on um, Instagram more than anywhere else. I want to try and do a little bit more things with YouTube, but I don't know what we're doing yet. Um, I need to talk to these two pair if they want to show the faces and that. Um, 
No, they're both shaking their head saying no. I, mean, I don't mind. It's just, nice. I'd sooner know which ones we're putting on YouTube because I feel like a lot of these I tend to look in the corners. Like yeah, I know I it's my Batman poster a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I don't know why I do that, but like when someone's talking, I'm listening. Then I'm like, <laughs> like I've never seen the room I'm in before. I don't know what that's about. So yeah, I, I think it's something that uh, yeah could be could be good to do, especially if we're going to be getting some guests and. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. It's just an extra platform to like play around with. But as as always, yeah, just um, Twitter and Instagram are the places to be. Um, and if you've listened to this episode and you liked it or you hated it or you, I don't know, your top ten or top five or top one is nowhere near as ours, let us know. Let us know what yours is, and we shall discuss. Um, and that's that. As always, stay safe, stay entertained, and. You watch the wrestling that you want to watch, okay? Don't watch AEW just because Punk's there if you don't want to watch it. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's all good. Um, and we will catch you next time. Bye.